So let's uh, start the Vad on uh, Rav Schwab's life lessons. We're going to learn this week's parsha, the first piece that he has in his Sefer, Mayan Beis HaShoeva. We're going to learn it together. And it's a Pasuk that is really right out of the gate of the parsha. Parak Chavav Pasuk Aleph Vahaya Ki When you will come into the land, Asher Hashem Lekecha Neisnecha that Hashem gives you as an inheritance. And of course, the Pasa continues uh, that there's a mitzvah to bring your first fruits called Bikurim to the Beis HaMikdosh. The Sifri, Rav Schwab quotes, <coughs> says as follows, Asei mitzvah ha'amura be'inyan shebeschara tikanes la'aretz. You should do this mitzvah. This is a very important mitzvah, Bikurim, to bring your fruits your first fruits to the Beis HaMikdash and present it to the Kayin and, and speak out the Vidoy that you're supposed to say, the whole parish of Arami Avedavi, you should do it. You know why? Because in the schos that you do this, you will enter into the land of Eretz Yisrael. Now that's obviously a, a very strange comment the Sifri is making. The Rabbi Makshim and many people ask on the Sifri, how is it possible you're putting the, uh, the cart before the horse, right? You're not, it doesn't make sense. You're telling me, okay, here, do this mitzvah bikurim, because in the schus of the mitzvah bikurim, you're going to come into Eretz Yisrael. Well, presumably, you're already in Eretz Yisrael. We already got Eretz Yisrael. And only once we're in Eretz Yisrael can we do the mitzvah bikurim. You can't do a bikurim when you're out of Eretz Yisrael. So what does it mean that you should be mekayim this mitzvah bikurim? Because in its char, the reward is so great, you're going to get into Eretz Yisrael. doesn't make sense. You're already in Eretz Yisrael. To do the mitzvah bikurim, it's v'ayokisav el aretz. You're already in the country. You're already in the land. So why is it telling me that you should do this mitzvah because in its chos you will enter the land? And another question, Shari Hamevi, Esabikurim, Aimer, Higadita, Yayim Hashem Lekecha. There is a pasuk that you have to declare before Hashem, Kibasi El Aretz, that I have come into the land that Shanishva Hashem Laviseinu, Lasseislanu, that Hashem has sworn to give us. It sounds like whoever is making the shvua, he just like entered the uh, customs. He just came out of customs and he's saying that is here, behold, I have entered the land that Hashem swore to my forefathers to give. But that doesn't make sense either because of our mitzvahs in the Haggis Bechaladeris. I could be in Eretz Yisrael for 400 years and I would still say, I would still bring Bikurim. So what does that mean that I should bring the Kurim, let's say, 400 years after we come into Israel, and I say that he got it to that behold, I have, just come into the, I have just come into the land. No, I haven't. Maybe the first generation uh, of Jews that entered Israel by Yeshua, that would, it would make sense for them to recite this. But once you've been living in the land many, many years, so what does that mean? It's a mitzvah that's neheges b'chal adairis v'yim ken yifla sheben Eretz Yisrael asher avaisav v'yavaisav aisav hayutayish ve'aretz doesn't make sense that somebody who's been living multi-generationally in Eretz Yisrael 
for my fathers lived here, my grandfathers and my great grandfathers lived here, and all of a sudden I come and Yaimar should say, that only now I have arrived in Eretz Yisrael. It doesn't seem to make a lot of sense. So we have two questions. First of all, what is the Safri talking about? When it says that you should do this mitzvah bikurim because in its schar you're going to come into Eretz Yisrael. Well, guess what? I'm already in Eretz Yisrael. I don't need bikurim to get me into Eretz Yisrael. We're already in Eretz Yisrael. That's why I have a mitzvah bikurim. So what does it mean that in the schar that I bring bikurim, I then come into Eretz Yisrael? That's question number one that Rav Schwab is going to tackle. And question number two is that the, it's strange, the, the Lushen of the Pasuk that a person's supposed to recite when he brings the Bikurim, and it sounds like you're just coming now into Eretz Yisrael. Ki vasi is like a Lushen Haiva. I just came into Eretz Yisrael that Hashem promised to my forefathers, and, uh, but it doesn't make sense. That's not true if you've been here many, many generations. How can you say that I'm just coming into Eretz Yisrael now? So now let's look at what Shab says so beautifully in order to answer these two questions. There is something very unique about Eretz Yisrael from all other lands in the world. As soon as you land in an airport, if I go to, uh, if I'm flying to France, as soon as the plane touches down in, in the Paris airport, let's say, and I go through customs, I have landed in Paris, I've landed in France, I'm now officially in the country. There's nothing, as soon as you hit, as soon as the plane hits the ground, as soon as you enter into the border, you are now in, in that country. If I drive up to Canada, as soon as I get past the U.S.-Canadian border, I'm in Canada. That's the way it works with all countries, except for one country in the world. Eretz Yisrael, Eretz HaKedosha, in the Holy Land, if you look in Meseches Kalim, and I actually looked this up, Meseches Kalim in the Mishnayis, at the in Parak Aleph, Mishnah Vav. So until now, the first Parak of Kalim, we're talking about uh, the Madregas of Toma, Zulamayl Mizu. And now the Mishnah starts taking off from there, describing ten stages of Kedushas Eretz Yisrael, the purity and the beauty of the holiness of, of Eretz Yisrael, one Madriga after another. For example, it says that Eretz Yisrael is more holy than all other, other lands. And it describes why. We bring Aimer, Bikurim, Shdealechem, all other lands, you can't do that. And then there's a higher Madriga of Kedushas Eretz Yisrael, if you have walled cities, they are more holy because there you have new dinim uh, vis-a-vis Mitzayra and other, and Tomas Meis. Another higher madriga of holiness, if you go inside of the wall of Yerushalayim, now you're in a higher level of Kedusha. What can you eat in the, within the Chaimus of Yerushalayim? Anyone know? What are you allowed to eat in the, only in the walls of Yerushalayim? Very good. Meiser Shani and something else? Kachim Kalim, right? Kachim Kalim and Meiser Shani. I just guessed on that. What did you, and you got it right? 
uh, for the other one, Kachim Kalim. So I wanted to tell you that my uncle, Oliver Shalom, he was just nifted during COVID. So, um, so he, went for, he went for smicha in Yeshiva University, you know, 100 years ago, literally. So he, um, so he was tested by Rabbi Yashar Bar Salavichik. So he was all ready for the Eredeya, for the Yisr Vahetar, for whatever. So instead of doing that, Rabbi Yashar just asked him, says, what do you bring? Uh, what can only be eaten within the Chaimis of your shrine? So he said, you know, I don't know, who knows that, you know? I mean, you guys did, actually, but uh, he, he was stumbling. So he says, you don't say it every morning in Ezeo Mokai Mishal Zvachim. Every morning you should be saying by Karbanis that uh, Kachim Kalim and Maisir Sheni is, uh, you know, so he busted him on that. He got Smicha anyway, Baruch Hashem, but, but uh, that was the question. That was one of the questions, I guess, that was asked. So, so Lufnim Menachayma, you eat Kachim Kalim, Maisir Sheni, Harabayis, once you're on the Temple Mount, that's even holier because a zavan and a zavan, nidei aledis can't go in there. And then from the chel, a, a certain fence in the Beis Hamikdash, gayim and tamei mesa, and I allowed to go past a certain line. Ezra's nashim is more holy than that. Tvolyim can't go in there, and you can't, and you're not chayiv achatos. Uh, Ezra's Yisrael is more holy, uh, and then it goes weiter, and it says Ezra's kaihanim is more holy than that. And then, it goes through all the madregas. There's like 10 madregas in all that we go higher and higher uh, until you are um, in the highest madrega, and that is in the Heichal itself, uh, or Beno. Uh, um, yeah, so basically, those are 10 madregas of Kedush and Eretz Yisrael. So what does that mean? What he's saying is, the Holy Land is actually that, it's holy. So just by touching down in Ben-Gurion Airport and going in there, that's actually probably the least holy place in all Eretz Israel, if you know what I'm saying. And then, uh, and by the way, that's, that's a known thing that airports, Bechlal, I once had a Rebbe that was like, airports anywhere in the world is there's always Tumon in airports for some reason. There's always these big posters and, and things and whatever. Uh, but so to say, okay, I'm in Eretz Yisrael, I've made it, I've arrived in Eretz Yisrael because you're in Ben-Gurion Airport, that doesn't cut it. In order to really be entering into the Holy Land, you have to go to the holiest place. It's not, it's not, it's not, France is not the Holy Land, so wherever you are in France, the more Tumma, the more you're in France. But when it comes to Eretz Yisrael, you ain't in Eretz Yisrael until you're at the epicenter of Kedusha. Because the whole Eretz Yisrael is the Eretz HaKadosha. So you, in order to say, I've arrived, where do you have to be to say that you've truly arrived in Eretz Yisrael? The Kaisal, the Beis HaMikdash, that's where you need, that's where you need to be. And therefore, he says, I want to go into Eretz Yisrael. But he didn't say, I want to go into, I want to go to Eilat. He said, I want to go, Meish Rabbeinu says, to the Har HaTayv Hazeh, this great mountain, Valavana. And Rashi says what? Har HaTayv Zerushalayim. Valavana is the Beis HaMikdash. So, Levana is a, is a reference to Beis HaMikdash. Because I think Chazal say it's Malbin Avainis. It whitens. I mean, Levana is technically Lebanon, but... In the, it's used very often to, to, to symbolize the Beis HaMikdash because 
of the root of Levanon is Lavan, it's Malbin, the Averis, it whitens, it whitewashes the Averis uh, that we might have. That's the whole Tachas of Beis HaMikdash. Uvanolanas Beis HaBechira, we say in the Haggadah. How do we continue that? Uvanolanas Beis HaBechira. Lechaper Al-Kal The whole point of the Beis HaBechira, Beis HaMikdash, is really to attain atonement, to get a Kaparo. And so it's white, it whitens our Averis. What do we come out with? That you proclaim that now I have arrived in Eretz Yisrael. You know when you've arrived? That answers the second question. How can you say that I have, I've arrived in Eretz Yisrael? If I didn't arrive, I, I'm multi-generational. We didn't just get off the boat. What we mean to say is that in order to really be able to say, I've arrived in Eretz Yisrael, you have to go to the Beis HaMikdash. You have to go to Yerushalayim, you have to go to the Beis HaMikdash, and when you are in the Beis HaMikdash, now you could really say that you've arrived, because that is, that's the real centerpiece of Eretz Yisrael. The Kedusha Sa'aretz is all really stemming from the Kedusha of Yerushalayim of the Beis HaMikdash. So when you are in the precipice, you bring your Bikurim, and now you're in Eretz Yisrael, not just in Eretz Yisrael, you're in the Holy Land, in the Holy City in the Holy Land, on the Beis HaMikdash, the Makma HaMikdash, the top of all the Eser Kedushites. So then a person's able to rightfully proclaim, Ki now I've come to the land. The Sifri, and this answers also the first question about the Sifri, Asei Mitzvah Zu, do this Mitzvah, because in the schar of Bikurim, you will enter the land. What does that mean? Through the mitzvah of Bikurim, what is the payoff of, of bringing the Bikurim? You know where you get access to? By bringing the Bikurim, you're going to have access to what? To getting into the Beis HaMikdash. Wherever your farm is in the whole Eretz Yisrael, you bring your first fruits, you have to go to the Harabais, you have to go to the Beis HaMikdash. So when, the, when Sifri says that do this mitzvah, do the mitzvah Bikurim, and the schar of Bikurim, you will enter the, the land of Eretz Yisrael, obviously you're already in Eretz Yisrael. You might live in Rabbi Shemesh, you might live in Haifa, you might live in, uh, in Tel Aviv, but you're, you're, you're already living there, you're living in land. But when you go and pick your fruit, now you have a chance, you have an opportunity to bring Bikurim to where? To the Beis HaMikdash. Bringing it to the Beis HaMikdash is really, in effect, doing, is, is allowing you entry into Eretz Yisrael, into the true Eretz Yisrael. The truest part of Eretz Yisrael is really the Harabayas, the Makma Mikdash. So it's your entree, the Mitzvah Bikurim is your entree into Eretz Yisrael itself, into the, into the actual core center, the focus of Eretz Yisrael, which is the Harabayas. So I wanted to just tell you a, a story that they bring here. Uh, in relationship to this about Rav Schwab, about Rav Shimon Schwab, and the story is a beautiful story that um, in 1950, so Rav Schwab was invited by Pe'elim. Anyone know what Pe'elim is, by the way? Yeah, so you're only, only uh, people my age and his age know what Pe'elim is. Pe'elim used to be uh, a very big tzedakah back in the day that um, 
it was uh, it was to raise money for like like I think it was like to you take kids that weren't from throughout Eretz Yisrael and they and they brought them into yeshivas and they worked with them and they made them from. So I think I think Pe'elam became Leiv La'achem today. It's a, a new name, but it's the same basic organization. The reason why I know Pe'elam so well is because when I was a kid, uh, they used to give us these books of stamps. They looked like stamps, and they had Pe'elam on it with like a picture. And you would go and raise money. They would do these fundraisers for Pe'elam, and you would sell these stamps. These stamps were like a dollar each, and people would give them, and... I think generally they would do it before Purim, and uh, and uh, and the, whoever raised the most money got like really cool prizes. So it was like a very big thing to raise money for Palin. Like they would, uh, you know, like you win a bike. I think one year I won a bike actually. And then uh, in the old days they had in the school that I was they they there was TVs they were giving away. Believe it or not. And uh, yeah, so that was uh, that was a lot of fun. So anyway, but it was a big organization, Palem. And then before Pesach, they had a different fundraising campaign for the school. And for, I went to Hebrew Academy of Long Beach, and they had uh, and there you had um, Barton's. Uh, Barton's was a very big chocolate company. I don't think it's in business anymore. But it was a, what? It's a big chocolate company, and you and everyone wanted to buy chocolate for Pesach. So you went to all of your friends and relatives, and you, you know, and you sold them chocolates for, for Pesach. They had chocolate-covered matzahs, and they had lollipops, and they had all types of good stuff. And uh, that was the other uh, campaign that we always had. That was before Pesach. But anyway, so they taught us basically how to schnar. It was a very, very important skill when you were a kid. And, uh, and then in 1950, Rav Schwab was invited by Pe'elam to head a delegation to Eretz Yisrael, to see what could be done for the new Olim who were being torn away from Yiddishkeit. So they had like a mission, a delegation. Rav Shab was invited to go, and then I guess he would come back to America and talk about the organization and raise desperately needed funds. So during that time, he took the opportunity to visit the Chazanish. The Chazanish um, lived in Bnei Brak. The Chazanish was the God Hadar. His mom is uh, unbelievable, unbelievable. He knew everything. He was in Russia. Nobody knew, very few people knew who he was. Uh, he was sitting in Russia just learning Torah. And then at one point, he decided to pick himself up and move to Eretz Yisrael in, uh, in the 1930s. 1930s. So, um, 33. 33. Yeah, so he, and he, he went to Bnei Brak. Then Bnei Brak was not the Bnei Brak of today. Bnei Brak was like a huge like farmland. It was like empty. If you see pictures of Bnei Brak, there was like it looked like these uh, like pictures in the Wild West, like with a big tumbleweed like rolling down the the center street, the main street of the town. It was not today. It's like a booming metropolis, and they have buildings and they have yeshivas all over. Then it was really very, 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 ins- very small amount of people. Um, you know, a few years later, the Panovich Rav would come and build, start building Panovich and other yeshivas there. But the Chazanish came at a very early age, at a very early stage in the development of Bnei Brak. And, uh, but he literally, he never was a Rashiva, he never, he was writing a Svarim. But everybody recognized when he came that here was a great man and he became the Gadol Adar. And basically, the whole Kedusha Saret Yisrael came from the Chazanish, Rabbi Avram Yishaya Karelitz. So Rav Schwab went to visit the Chazanish in 1950. The Chazanish asked him, what is your opinion of our Medina? 
It was just a fledgling Medina, right? 1950s, two years after the Akamas HaMedina. The, the, the state was founded in 1948. It was two years later. The Chazanish asked him, what do you think of the Medina? So Schwab re- responded that the first time he came to Eretz Yisrael in 1933, when he came from Germany, he was still able to visit the old city of Yerushalayim and daven at the Kaisal. Now... He was deprived of that privilege. He wasn't able to anymore because they, the Arabs had already taken over, uh, taken back the old city, and they were not able, they didn't allow, you know, it's a, it's a funny thing, like when the Jews have control of the, of the old city, Yerushalayim, then they basically they keep all the mosques and everything, everyone has access to the Arab bias and whatever they want. When the Arabs took it over, and if ever they were ever to take it over again, you're, not, you're never going to be able to get in there. That's exactly what happened. The Arabs did not allow any Jews to enter for many, many years. So, um, so Schwab said that last time, in 1933, that was the last time I was here, I came from Germany, and I was able to go to the old city of Yerushalayim and daven at the Kaiso. Now I was deprived. I wasn't, now they don't allow me anymore to do that. However, he told the Chazanish, B'nai Brak, has now taken the place of the Altstadt, that's the old city, and the Kaisel is now in the Chazanish's home. And the Chazanish smiled. And the point is, it's, it's such a beautiful story in and of itself, because you see like how, how Machshev of Schwab was of the Chazanish, that he considered B'nai Brak to be at least you know, in, the, in the temporary situation where we weren't allowed access anymore to Yushalayim and to the Kaisel, so the new Yerushalayim is the is B'nai Brak, and uh, and the Kaisel is in the Chazanish's home, and that's basically what we're saying. The holiness of Eretz Yisrael, the the beauty of Eretz Yisrael. People sometimes people go to Eretz Yisrael, and you know you ask them what they did. Well, we stayed in. We didn't go to Yerushalayim this time. We went to the Tel Aviv, and we wanted to you know we wanted to we went to the Museum of the Blind, and then we went. To, you know, went to a lot, and we, we just wanted to party this, and we didn't want to do it. Then you didn't go to Eretz Yisrael. That's not Eretz Yisrael. That, that's a nice trip to, uh, to Mexico or to uh, Cancun or to, to Argentina. But if you're going to Eretz Yisrael, if a Jew goes to Eretz Yisrael, the tachlis of going to Eretz Yisrael is to be holy, to, to, to taste and to feel the Kedusha Haaretz. If a person goes to the Kaisel, and he goes to his yeshivas, and he goes to, to Bnei Brak, he goes to visit Gedele Yisrael, and he learns, and he davens, and he, you know, and he experiences Kedusha, then you can say, I have arrived in Eretz Yisrael, I'm here. But Eretz Yisrael is not a place to go just to do everything but. Eretz Yisrael, I'm not saying that there are tourists that do that, right? I mean, there are there's tons of Japanese tourists and, and you know, people from all over the world. Germans, you see them, they're, they're going and they're, you know, they're, they're going to see the beautiful land. And it is a beautiful land. And maybe they're going to see some ancient uh, tourist sites. But for a Ben for a year to be in Eretz Yisrael and to honestly say, Ki you can't say that you've been in Eretz Yisrael unless you're really trying to imbue the Kedusha Saaretz. Yerushalayim is the, is the main epicenter of Kedusha. And, and learning and davening and all the things that we do in Eretz Yisrael, it's so vital to always maintain a, a sense of holiness. If you go to Eretz Yisrael and, you, and, you're, and you're not doing holy stuff in Eretz Yisrael, it's much better if you had not gone to Eretz Yisrael in a way because 
you're sort of taking the holiness of Eretz Yisrael and you're defiling it. And so that, that sometimes people make Aliyah. And what does it mean they make Aliyah? It means they're moving to Eretz Yisrael and they're, uh, you know, they're, they're just you know, living you know, very modern lifestyles in Eretz Yisrael. Whatever they were doing here, they're doing there. So, and, and it's hard to know whether or not it's better for them to have not made Aliyah because Aliyah, to really you know, have a true Aliyah in Eretz Yisrael, you have to go there and be prepared to live a holy lifestyle. And, and, you know, to not live all of that, you might as well stay in America for If you're going to live like a, you know, regular humdrum, you know, very, uh, you know, norm, not normal, but like a Tommy sort of lifestyle, then better to stay in America. You're going to Eretz Yisrael. B.S. Haaretz implies that you're going into the Kedushas Eretz Yisrael. And, um, and to the extent that you are, then, uh, you know, then you can honestly say that you have arrived, that you've, that you're in Eretz Yisrael. But if you're not, if you don't have the ability to, uh, to, uh, to do holy stuff, then it's probably better, better not to. Don't, we couldn't, we can't go into Eretz Yisrael to metamit. Sometimes uh, there, there are Paiskim that say, you know, a lot of times people, um, they leave in their last will that they want to be buried in Eretz Yisrael. So they live their whole life in, 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 in Chutzlaretz. And then, and then they're buried in Eretz Yisrael, and there are Paiskim that say that you can't, that's not appropriate. I know a lot of people do it, and you know, it's, I would want to do it, but, but some Paiskim it's not appropriate, because the Torah says, don't defile the land. So they basically take that to mean, you're bringing your dead body into Eretz Yisrael, you're defiling Eretz Yisrael. Don't bring your don't bring Tuma into Eretz Yisrael. You want to go there alive while you're you know while you're still alive and build the land and learn there and bring kedusha to, to, to Eretz Yisrael. That's wonderful. Then when you die, then you can be buried there. But you're bringing yourself as a Tommy into Eretz Yisrael. That's not appropriate. And so when a person is able to come into Eretz Yisrael and bring kedusha with him, that's wonderful. But if you're bringing Tuma into Eretz Yisrael with you, then that is uh, that's very far from. Ideal. I'll just end with one uh, beautiful uh, quote from Rav Hutner, the Chaim Vilin Rashiva. Somebody once told him that, you know, he's making Aliyah. He's going there, so he's making Aliyah. So Rav Hutner said, he says, you know, on a yard site, you tell somebody that, that the Neshama should have an Aliyah. Neshama should have an Aliyah. He says, I'm wishing you that your aliyah, your aliyah, should have a neshama. Meaning when you're going, when you're making aliyah, it should have a neshama, it should have kedusha to it. If you're making aliyah just because, you know, you want to you wanna retire there, you want to go to the beaches, and you want to chill, and you want, that's, that's not, there's no neshama to that aliyah. And aliyah means you go into, you go to Eretz Yisrael, you have to like prepare for Eretz Yisrael. Before you don't, you know, people today, you just jump on a plane, you go to Eretz Yisrael, it's too, you know, you have to prepare for Eretz Yisrael in a, in a perfect world. You have to like, you know, make sure that you're in the right frame of mind and that your body is holy and your, what you're going to be doing in Eretz Yisrael is holy. And if you could do that, that's giving your aliyah and neshama, that's when that you're coming into the land of Eretz Yisrael, meaning you're coming to the base of Mikdash. You're going to Shalayim, you're going to the places that are holy. That is truly the Bias Haaretz. Very nice.